Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. I am live from our downtown Nashville 6th and Peabody Studios with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. Jonathan Hutton will be back with us tomorrow. Very special guest co-host Charlie Arnault with us in New York City today. We're having a great time. Plenty of stories to get to. Plenty of stories ahead in the next hour as well. Riley Gaines will join us. Um, she has been doing a lot of work on behalf of female athletes trying to preserve Title IX as we know it right now. She recently spoke on the Senate floor. We'll talk to her about that hearing coming up 20 minutes from now. Um, a crazy headline, though, that is very unexpected based on our conversation with Riley Gaines coming up, sort of on the opposite side of this, but with a similar complexity to the same issue. So there is a transgender male boxer. So this was a woman born as a woman that is now a man who is fighting men. 37-year-old Patricio Manuel. Normally, Charlie, when this happens, it's biological men competing in women's sports, and suddenly they are upping their chances at victory by competing against women. We saw that with Riley Gaines with Leah Thomas. She'll talk about this coming up. Here we have a female that is now transgender male that are beating men in boxing. 3-0, and a 37-year-old. I'm having a hard time finding exactly what level of boxing. I believe it's professional. Very Golden, low. <laughs> yeah, Golden Boy is the promoter. That's, that's who he's thinking for this latest opportunity in 3-0. and But there's still issues to be raised here about men born as men that's now fighting a person born as a woman and making it difficult to land fights for this fighter. It's a mess when I try to dissect this story and what exactly it means. And this is really the only story that we found or have discussed of this side of it, mm -hmm. where you've got a biological woman beating men in a competition. Well, that's the question is, is we need more information because we can't just say it's a biological woman beating men. I mean, as far as we know, this group of fighters doesn't train. They don't train and they just are like, oh, this is a cool opportunity. And she maybe is taking her training very seriously or he or she, he, I <laughs> give up. Um, like, you know what I mean? It's like if I, for example, train really like it, there's a, there are certain, it's a certain skill set to be successful in MMA. You can't just go out there because you can throw a punch and expect to be successful. You know, there's wrestling, there's grappling, there's uh, striking. I mean, there's the skill sets are, are very niche. And uh, if she was training properly and the opponents weren't, then it's not such a huge victory. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of it that you can't just go out and expect to do well just because you're a God-given man. Uh, but I, I, I can't imagine that these guys are that great anyways. 
that she's competing against. So I, I would think not. And I, look, I have long said when this issue first came up that we're going to have a big issue and everyone that sees it is going to be in a difficult spot morally when you have the, the Leah Thomas of MMA, right? Someone that goes and now fights women. And then the first knockout you see with that is going to cause an uproar with mm-hmm. almost everyone. And I don't know that we've seen a lot of that. Here we have this on the other side, but that day is coming, right? Where there's going to be female fighters. Oh, absolutely. They're going to fight a man, and it's going to be ugly, and it's going to put everyone who watches it in a moral predicament when you see a knockout happen or something really, really violent take place that is going to make everyone uncomfortable. That day well, is we coming. Already had, yeah, we already had the one example of the biological man facing a woman and completely breaking her face. Um, so yeah, it's only a matter of time. This is just such nonsense. Uh, I'm so excited for Riley to come on the show because her mic drop on the Senate floor the other day was just golden. Uh, but it's, there's nothing to discuss here, you know, unless you have like, like I said, some weird promotion where you have the most unathletic people. And then you happen to have a biological woman come in who is athletic and has been training and then therefore wins as a result of that, there's really nothing to talk about here. I I cannot imagine that she's gotten three wins in this promotion, taking on men and having that much success. It's just, there, there's something very fishy about this. Yeah, the question it raises is what man would take the fight? It's probably well, someone yeah, who's I'm not saying. good, right? So, yes. Someone that- who's not good, or maybe there's an incentive behind it. Uh, listen, I don't know, even Golden Boy as the promoter, you know, because he's someone who has a... I, I, I'm not like so into the promotional side of the sport, but I know that he has a reputation and this is well known. Uh, this to me feels very gimmicky. And he took it because he saw a way to make this more sensational. And I think that if he knew he was going to take on a fighter who just was going to accumulate a bunch of losses, he wouldn't have done that. So something's off here. So uh, one of our few WNBA headlines that we'll uh, ever discuss on this show, we're certainly not talking about the league uh, and what's happening on the court, but I guess this did sort of happen on the court. Minnesota Lynx head coach Cheryl Reeve on the sideline during a game wore a shirt that just says simply protect trans kids. Charlie, I, um, I have a hard time with just like, buzz phrases that I don't even like protect from what are we protecting their right for, you know, prepubescent sex change operations that not many people are advocating for. Are we protecting them from bullying? What does that even mean? Ultimately protect trans kids. I don't, I, it's stupid. I don't even know where to go with this because what, what I, I hope someone made a lot of money by selling that shirt. Uh, because I, I don't even know what she's going for with this. Yeah, I don't either. And I think there's a lot of people who just want to hop on the bandwagon to hop on it and be made into a, you know, another figurehead for the left. And oh my gosh, we this person, this is what we're looking for. And I don't know, there, there's, there's nothing to protect as far as trans kids. We should be check, protecting them from their parents and their teachers. If that's what you mean, for if you mean we should protect them from <laughs> all the people that are allowing them to go down this dark rabbit hole, then you're right. We should definitely protect trans kids. And if that's the case, I'd love to buy a shirt. Yeah, I mean, I, I even look at this, though, and I'm like, who is this even for? 
You know, there's not, I don't think Cheryl Reeve is going to become some overnight sensation for wearing that shirt. I mean, it's just for such a small group of people that, I mean, uh, yeah, weird. Listen, no one cares about the WNBA, so they need to do something to make people care. Uh, I'm not talking about that, not that the athletes aren't extremely talented, but as a whole, they just find something to complain about all the time, whether it's, oh, we need chartered planes. Well, no, you don't, because no one in the airport even knows who you are. If you weren't tall, no one would ever even stop and look at you. Uh, because you're not a household name. Uh, also, the league doesn't make enough money for you to <laughs> charter jets uh, to all of your various game destinations. So it, there's always going to be something. It's just a way to get their their names in the headlines and I guess make people have a semblance of a care that they even know. Most people don't even know they're playing. So this is a way for be like, oh, there's a WNBA game last night, I guess. So um, marijuana has been in the headlines here recently. The NCAA, they're going to stop testing for it. I think that's a smart move. Uh, Test for performance-enhancing drugs that changes the competition level of sports, but recreational drugs like marijuana, I, I'm, I'm fine with not testing for. Aaron Rodgers, now New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers, wants to take that to the next level where he wants to legalize psychedelics. Says that it's changed his life, ayahuasca, other things that he has consumed on his various vision quests to find meaning in everything, and he wants to legalize psychedelics. Charlie, I do wonder how how widespread are psychedelics in the athletics community? I don't think it's that widespread. I think Aaron Rodgers is probably more the exception and not the rule across, let's say, the NFL. But you do hear a lot more and more about psychedelics and its use in American culture in general. Yeah, I think like the whole shrooms craze, as an example, is really picking up. Uh, like a lot of people now are into the microdosing concept where they just do a little bit. So it doesn't send them on a wild trip, but it unlocks like a portion of your brain, I suppose. I'm not super well versed. Uh, do a little bit to get a lot. That's, yeah, that's a what the microdose community would tell you. Kind of unlock that little extra potential that you have being siphoned away through the rest of your brain. Uh, I don't know. I think athletes, as far as like using psychedelics on a regular basis, probably like, oh, hey, the season's over. Let's head over to, you know, down to Cancun <laughs> and like take some Molly one night. Uh, but I think that's more of a one off thing, not something that they regularly partake in. Uh, but we know that Aaron Rodgers is a little bit out there, right? He spent several days on end in a dark room. Uh, that was his way of coming to a you know, having a psychological awakening. Uh, he's just a little bit of a, an odd duck. And I don't know. I can't really tell you what kind of enhancements it's had on his life, but clearly they're good enough where he is now not only wanting to continue it, but make it public. Because to me, that sounds maybe not like such a smart idea when you're a football player, future hall of famer, all eyes are on you because anytime I feel like then you do something wrong, uh, or have an accident, God forbid, uh, people are immediately going to say, oh, well, he was very publicly talking about how he does drugs. So I, it's just not a good look. I think even if you do partake in those things and you feel like they have benefits, that's great. It's just not something I think is smart in his position to publicize. So I was rooting for Aaron Rodgers, the Jets throughout, because I wanted to see him in New York with a New York team. I just wanted to change a pace with him. I root for the big story. And that is an enormous story when Aaron Rodgers, a longtime Packer throughout his career, is with a new team. So I was happy when that happened. And he gets to the Jets and he becomes king of New York. He's at Knicks playoff games, courtside, 
you know, he's doing various New York related activities. Yes. Charlie, you're there in the city. How big of a deal is Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets for the city of New York? Oh my gosh, huge. <laughs> Ask any Jets fan. These this poor fan base, we were talking about it earlier, you know, people that just go through the depths of hell. And then somehow, like, there's a little bit of glimmer of hope, like a light at the end of the tunnel. This is their light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and hopefully they come out of the tunnel and the light gets even brighter because we actually truly don't know how this all is going to transpire. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is an extremely talented player, and they have a really talented young squad around him, defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, uh, and a fan base that is just literally itching for success is relative, right? I mean, when you've had, you it know, is for the had, Jets, had a, that's for sure. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Relative so, to misery than anything While is there good. are some people who, who will settle at nothing less than a Super Bowl championship, there are other people who are being a little bit more realistic about it. And just they just want to start getting on the right track, right? Move in the right direction and understand and be, I guess, given a little bit more confirmation that Aaron Rodgers is going to take them to where they want to be. And, and he's their quarterback of the future, not for just right now. So I'm excited for what happens. I think finally there's a lot of fanfare surrounding the jets and in a place like New York, where it doesn't take much, like we saw with the New York Knicks, uh, you know, in the past few seasons, like even just a little bit of, oh, oh my gosh, they're actually kind of good. And then you realize, oh wait, no, they're really good. Oh no, wait, they're in the playoffs. I mean, it's, there's different levels to this, but New York gets very excited very easily so I love this for them and, you know, also for me because I live here. So the NHL has come back and decided that they're not going to make players wear pride jerseys or any other specialty jersey in warm-ups moving forward. Greg Wyshynski, a longtime NHL writer for ESPN, he's got a story up at ESPN.com about the LGBTQ plus community being upset with the NHL over this decision. There's been some back and forth in our YouTube chat about, well, hey, this was also going to charity, and now these charities aren't going to make money. Now, it's clear to say that it's not stopping the team from making specialty jerseys. Whether that be military appreciation, whether that be pride jerseys, they can still make those and sell them for charity. And someone said, well, they really make the money when players wear them and they can auction it off as a player-worn jersey. I think what ultimately the decision comes down to, Charlie, is the NHL is saying we got enough feedback from the players that don't want to be forced to wear anything they don't want to wear that's not their team jersey that we're not going to make the players wear anything anymore. They're not going to have to fly any flag that they don't want to fly. And I think that's smart business and smart for your league. I think it's just funny because a lot of people, I don't think, think about it at the very basic level of what it is. We are celebrating for an entire month someone's sexual orientation. I mean, does that make sense? Is that something that we need to be celebrating? I think like we talked about before, we can be tolerant of it. Anyone is free to make their own decisions, especially in your bedroom. Go at it. Whatever you're into, I support you. But it's not something we need to be celebrating. I don't need to alter my lifestyle or my daily habits so that you feel celebrated based on who you want to have sex with. That just doesn't make any sense to me. So I feel like especially these companies who realize that people just want an, a nice experience to escape the everyday world. That's what sports is for. That's what it's always been for. Uh, this is just the wrong way of going about it. And I think they got enough pushback. 
from not only external pressures, buzzword, uh, but also internal pressure. So uh, it needed to happen. And I hope next year they remember this and maybe just from the get-go decide to forego any of the pride celebrations, at least as a whole in the organization. And if there's a team that really feels strongly about doing something, you know, celebratory for one game, fine. Uh, but there doesn't need to be fanfare for 30 straight days. Yeah, and I think in a smart way, it's also the NHL saying, you know, uh, Republicans, Democrats, left, right, gay, straight, they can all come together over the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Philadelphia Flyers or the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and they can sit there and have a beer together and enjoy the game because they're there for that team, because they're fans of that team. So let's not divide. Let's unite. And this is an issue that has divided. Whether they like it or not, it's them acknowledging it's an issue that divided. Greg Wyshynski doesn't like it, but tough. I think this takes some of the division out of it and is a very smart business move by the NHL. And for that reason, I I applaud them. Yeah. The the NHL is going to make money off of it. I I agree with you. Riley Gaines, she's been busy. She's been talking to the Senate. We'll talk to her next. This is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. We're back. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network on this Monday. Coming to you live from downtown Nashville, 6th and Peabody Studios with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. Jonathan Hutton will be back with us tomorrow. Charlie Arnault with us up in New York City right now. Very special guest co-host. Charlie, I've done the hourly wellness check. How are you this hour? Oh, has it already been an hour? It's already um, been another I hour. Am, you know what? I am doing I'm doing good. I have an energy drink that's been really Oh, really that, that helpful, sounds delicious. You know? It's not the Kool-Aid that we used to love and enjoy as a kid, but it's the adult version of Kool-Aid, right? With a few extra grams of caffeine in it and not so much sugar. <laughs> I, I would absolutely kill for a Kool-Aid flavor energy drink right about now. You've got me wanting both. Our Kool-Aid discussion has been wanting Kool-Aid. You agree with me that it's okay to just call Kool-Aid flavors the color they are? Like red Kool-Aid is a flavor? Or yeah, but that's per- the same with Gatorade, Kool-Aid. too. Yeah. Right, yeah. Gatorade. You're like, oh, I want the yellow. Get me an orange. It's That's like how it's always been. So, yeah, for sure. It's 
It's standard. <laughs> yeah, like it's not like Glacier Breeze or Arctic whatever, right? It's just the color of it every single time. We're going to be joined by uh, Riley Gaines. On with us now? No. Okay. Riley's uh, trying to join us right now. You mentioned this earlier, Charlie, but Riley recently spoke uh, to a Senate uh, a subcommittee and I thought really did well in explaining you know, exactly what the issues are facing female athletes with Title IX uh, and other issues with transgender athletes invading women's sports in some cases with the likes of Leah Thomas. And she's been an advocate for female athletes everywhere, and she's starting to pick up support from all corners of sports, both male and female. Is Charlie not on with us? No, I'm oh. here. Oh, sorry. I thought we were tossing to Riley. Um, no, we're not. Yeah, we're we're waiting on Riley right now. That that was for you, Charlie. Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah. No. I. You know. I think this is a conversation that uh, just keeps getting shoved under the rug because people get so upset about any type of discussion surrounding it. Uh, but I think now that it was always a factually based argument, but now that more facts are coming on and they're becoming more mainstream, these debates. And Democrats are being shown to really have no idea what they're talking about in the information that they're putting forward has no base. Uh, and we're now just completely going off of the idea of feelings or emotions rather than hard facts and science. Uh, that's where we've been led astray. But now that all of this is being reintroduced into the fold, especially because of women like Riley Gaines and others who have joined in the fight, which seems to be getting larger and larger every day. And, and that's the direction we want this to go in. I think once more people find the courage to start speaking up, uh, it's going to hard, be hard to really keep this quiet for much longer. And Riley Gaines is now on with us, I'm being told. Riley Gaines, fresh off her appearance in front of the, of the Senate. Riley, really appreciate uh, all the work that you're doing. Appreciate you hopping on with us today. I know you've been very busy. Of course. Oh, my gosh. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Do you feel more supported now with the amount of people who are stepping in? We we spoke with a teammate on the Penn swimming team of Leah Thomas recently on this show. There seems to be more and more people getting a little bit more vocal about the things you've been talking about for a while now. I definitely feel the support. I, I really always have. Um, the support has always been a thousand to one in regards to the negative but I feel like the tides are turning. People are starting to become more bold. They're starting to become more empowered in saying the obvious, really common sense. And I think people are starting to realize that saying the truth, it's liberating. It really is to feel as if you don't have this weight on your shoulders. Um, I, liberating is the best word for me to describe it. That's how I felt this past year. When you know you don't have to adhere to the silencing, to the to the coercion, um, me from my university and institutions, but it's in the media, it's in corporate America, it's it's all over. Um, so I think when people realize you don't have to adhere to that, you'll realize how empowering that really is. Now, Nancy Armour of USA Today wrote a piece. Sorry, Charlie, did you have something? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to piggyback off of that because I feel like I totally understand that feeling of liberation, uh, being able to stand up for something that just is so obvious and just start speaking the truth. And once you start speaking a little bit of truth, you can't help but allow the rest of it to just pour out of you. So it's like, you know, all of this stuff you kept bottled in for so long. Now it just feels so much better to, to speak it into existence. And you almost, you welcome the pushback. It, like all the people that I was at the beginning, you know, when I joined the company Outkick and, and Fox, I was like worried. I was like, oh my gosh, what is all this hate? Now I'm like, bring it on. 
Because the only reason you're getting mad is because I'm saying something that upsets you because you know I'm right and you aren't. Uh, so in that particular situation, when you were on the Senate floor and you heard this Democrat talking about, oh, there's all these male athletes who would want to go up against a woman like Serena Williams, but no, they couldn't score a point. And you immediately just came in with cold, hard facts saying, uh, actually, guess what? How did that feel? Well, first of all, her argument was totally flawed. If she is saying someone such as Senator Joe Kennedy, who is asking us the questions, couldn't beat Serena and Venus Williams, of course. <laughs> Sorry, Senator Kennedy, but I don't think you can beat Venus and Serena Williams. That's not the argument. I, there's tons of male swimmers, or I guess males, who I could beat in swimming who have never swam in their life. Of course, that's not what the argument is. The argument is that this is not lateral. The performance gap between men and women who, let's say, have trained their entire lives the same amount, man wins every single time. That is the argument. That's what I've been fighting for this past year. So it was very easy for me to just kind of really real-time fact check her and say, hey, look, that's not what we're talking about. Serena and Venus Williams lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player in a blowout. Um, the time was running out. We only had five minutes uh, and the the time period that, and it was the, a lot of time was over. And so I didn't really get to go full in, but really what it was is not only did they lose to the 203rd ranked male player, he was smoking in between sets. He had just played 18 holes of golf. They lost six to one and six to two, and he was drinking all day. I mean, this was, it was a, not even a comparison of who would win. And even Serena Williams admitted it herself. She had said, yeah, I think back in 2013, I doubt was, she knew yeah, this. It was 2013. I doubt she knew this would potentially come back and bite her in the butt, but she said men and women's tennis is a totally different sport. And she admitted she would lose to Andy Murray six to zero in five minutes. So I, I want both you guys to respond to this because it does affect both of you with this claim. So Nancy Armore for USA Today wrote one column saying that Sam Ponder is only supporting you, Riley, and other female athletes because it's, it, it's some attempt to mask her transphobia. Um, then she comes out and says, in response to you appearing before Senate, that there is a cottage industry of women using transgender issues to become right-wing conservative media figures. Um, and that would affect you, Charlie, also, with mm -hmm. what she's saying. Uh, what's your response to Nancy Armore when she says something like that? Charlie, I want to get your response to that, too. But, Riley, let's start with you. This is never something I wanted. <laughs> this is never something I felt equipped for. This is never something I prepared myself for. I just see the problem and what's at stake if someone doesn't fight for it. Um, my life direction, I was supposed to be in dental school, which I put off to really pursue this and fight for this. This is not for my own personal advancement. I'm not fighting for myself because look, I'm done playing sports. It's not about me. It's about that next generation. Um, I have a little sister who is the Tennessee state champion in gymnastics. She's a phenomenal athlete. Um, my husband and I, we just celebrated our one year anniversary. And I can only hope one day that I get to have a daughter of my own. And I can't imagine being in the position that I'm in now facing what I faced, seeing what I saw, and not fighting for her. That's what this is. It's not political to me. It shouldn't be left versus right in the way that it's become, especially at the in, in regards to legislature and politicians and how they're voting. It shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it's become. So if it means I've turned into this, this right wing, I mean, whatever, that's the most silly disingenuous argument that someone can make. 
Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think it's one of those things like I didn't completely change the trajectory of my career either to come and talk about uh, the potential for trans athletes to be in women's sports. Like that's that's one tiny argument in the entire, you know, universe worth worth of thought. Like it's just one one thing that I've talked about. It's it, there's no basis to, you know, being a tra- transphobe. And I'm like, OK, well, let me reroute my entire life's plan so I can talk about this one thing. Uh, for part of the time that I'm talking about whatever it is. So it, it just makes no sense. But that's what we are used to seeing, right? Anytime you say something, like you take an honest look at the left's agenda, their only option is to come back and say, oh, well, you're hateful, you're a bigot, you're a transphobe, because they don't actually have a legit rebuttal for you. So it's just easier for them to hate on you than come up with a, a, you know, an actual argument of, of of their own to refute what you're they're, you're saying, but they can't do that. And, and well, Ron, look, I, go, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, look, I asked Nancy too. I told her, Hey, you know, you're claiming this is only something right-wing media is taking up. I would love to be interviewed by you. You can throw whatever my way. Um, and, and I'll, I will gladly participate in a civil conversation with you to express why this matters to me, to which of course she did not respond. Um, which tells you, which tells you that this, this, my arguments, my real life, my real life lived experience of what I saw, they're not interested in that. They don't really care because it doesn't fit the narrative of what they're trying to push. And it's such a good point, you know, because she doesn't have a great argument (laughs) against what you're saying. And I don't think she's ever laid that out, even in the piece. And I read the whole thing about Sam Ponder there's not a lot of hard facts that she's pointing to that that she's standing on with all this. It's a lot of speculation about your motivation, about other media members' motivation. Um, you mentioned the tide turning a bit, and, and I noticed during your Senate hearing, Riley, that when you came back, I think it was at Senator Dick Durbin, on something he was saying, there was silence from him. Do you get the sense that even with the political part of this, maybe the tide's turning a bit where people are getting a little bit more quiet, your opposition in terms of the politics and the politicians involved, that it may be turning from that perspective a little bit as well? You know, I really do. Uh, Not as much at the federal level yet, but I will say at the state level, there were 17 Democrats in Alabama who voted in favor of protecting women and girls sports. 17. That's the biggest number we've seen so far. Um, Granted, it's Alabama. Actually, there was really 20 for because I think the way the votes panned out. So, so that's great news. And you have to think this will catch on. These are Those were politicians actually voting how their constituents want them to vote. The people in, in on Capitol Hill in the White House, they're not voting how their constituents want them to vote. Look, this issue, especially in regards to, to sports, 95% of people know this is wrong, right? Um, but those politicians aren't, aren't voting like that. But I do, I do agree with that. Even um, Senator Booker, Senator Durbin, they both looked me in my eyes and told me, you know, what happened to you is, is deplorable. That's the word they used. They said it wasn't injustice what you face. And they admitted it, which is the first time I had really heard anyone in their position admit that to me thus far. Um, what I've noticed is they can't look me in the eyes and tell me that we don't matter, that we as girls and women and female athletes, that we don't matter. It's easy for them to say it when someone such as myself hasn't been this megaphone for us. Um, But when I'm in front of them, looking them in the eyes, sharing what we went through in regards to the locker room, the unfair competition, the silencing, they can't they can't look me in the eyes and tell me that 
what happened was okay. Riley, how much good could one statement backing you and your mission, especially in regards to Title IX, how much could one statement from Billie Jean King in favor of what you're talking about do for your cause? Would it put everything to bed? She seems to be the one that could speak out and everyone would listen. She does, right? Because we have her really to accredit Title IX to. She was a trailblazer for women's sports. But unfortunately, she's gone the total opposite direction, which is heartbreaking. It's it's It feels like betrayal, really. She's undermining everything she once fought for and, and succeeded in fighting for by now actively working to include males into our sports and into our spaces. Yeah. Very, what do you think? What do you think the next step is? Where, where do we, what do you predict is going to happen next? Cause right now we're seeing more people speaking up. Uh, it seems like a little bit more people are paying attention. Like you just said, you had a couple of senators come up to you and personally acknowledge what you'd been through as being deplorable. What do you see as being the next step in this fight for protection of women's sports? Unfortunately, I do still think it has to get worse before it gets better. Um, I think more girls are going to have to be impacted. More girls are going to have to be injured. They're going to have to be exploited in the locker room. They're going to have to ask, be asked to smile and step aside and allow these men onto their podiums before people are willing to, whether that's enact legislation, whether that's within sport-specific governing bodies. I think more people are going to have to be ultimately hurt by these policies that claim to promote inclusion before we realize how these aren't actually inclusive. Um, they're actually exclusive to the very female athletes who these policies, and of course, Title IX, was created to protect. Riley Gaines has been our guest. Riley, thank you so much. Keep up the great work. We'll continue having you on the show to talk about all of your great efforts. Really appreciate you. Thank you, Riley. Good to see you. Thank you, guys. When we come back, an update on Davey Hudson's dating life. It's the segment you've all been waiting for. That's next as we finish up a fun Monday edition of Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We made it. Final segment of the show on this Monday, Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. I'm not Jonathan Hutton. I'm Chad Withrow. Hutton will be back tomorrow. Very well-deserved vacation he's taking right now. Back with us on the show tomorrow. I am live from downtown Nashville, 6th and Peabody Studios with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. Very special guest, Charlie Arnault. Special guest co-host, I should say. Charlie <laughs> Arnault. That is in the contract. She is without kick. She's done a great job with us on Friday and again today. Charlie, I'll ask one last time, I promise. Are you well? Are you okay? This deep into the know. show. I don't know. Honestly, I'm not really sure anymore. It's like oddly getting very dark out. Uh, I feel like something evil is upon us, which is kind of the way I feel every time. I think I've also asked you if you're okay or... enough, Charlie, that eventually if someone asks you if you're okay over and over again, you start to think, 
you know, I thought I was okay, but the more and more you ask, maybe I'm not. Oh, so, I know I'm not okay. Yeah. I, I know I'm not okay, but you know, some things are better left unsaid. <laughs> so on Friday, Charlie, we've been teasing this segment out and we're finally going to get to it on Friday. We introduced a segment on Davey Hudson, our producer, mm -hmm. his dating life. This was a date that was set up via an app of some sort. Uh, he was asking you for dating advice, questions to ask, conversation starters, yes. fair or fouls on the date, all of these things. Davey, we have been waiting breathlessly all weekend to mm. find out how this date went, what happened exactly on the date, how it ended, all of these things. These have been questions that Charlie and I have wanted to know. Finally, you are now here to explain how it went. So how did it go? Yeah, so I, I guess the best way to do this is to start, you know, Friday night, everything's going well. Uh, getting For a Saturday date, right? Yeah, the date, date's on Saturday. Everything's going well. I mean, I've got my alarm set for 1045 a.m. You know, I've got a busy day ahead. Got to make sure, <laughs> get a lot of errands run. Um, so we're getting set and... I will say this. So I have a surgery tomorrow and due to my surgery, I've stopped taking a certain medication and well, go ahead and say the surgery. Cause now people are going to think you're like really ill and you're uh, not heart or valve replacement surgery. No, it's not that <laughs> my dad had that happen recently. Actually, he's getting LASIK surgery, which I'm also, I don't want to go off on a tangent, well, but I did just get it. I did like... just get a text that now that the laser where I have to oh. go is messed up. So now I got to travel an hour and a half in a different <laughs> direction. And I'm, I'm trying to figure all that out now, but this I'm, is so, a primary so, complaint, Davey. What, what you're going through right now with this change of venue, my face is, is red. I, I'm not happy complaint. right now, but, but I didn't want it. It sounded yes. so much worse. You say, you know, I've got a surgery coming up. Oh, and you want to go like, for as difficult surgery. as possible and, and make everyone feel sorry well, for you. If you just say I have a surgery coming up, I mine's I die on the operating the table. Yeah, I, um, like, it's LASIK. If, if you're I've interested, I uh, there was a float in yesterday's gay pride parade that um, was about it was promoting a, a doctor in the area who's well known for their top surgeries. So. Mm need that information i have it i took a picture of the float because i was flabbergasted yeah text so. me the number yeah. uh but <laughs> so so anyway i i i stopped taking a medication I, I suffer from severe migraines and so long story short because i stopped taking the medication i ended up having a migraine and i canceled on the date now i don't want to just leave you all with not having a story because the reason i canceled is because i tried to fight through a migraine once before on a date go back to the summer of 2018 you know, everything's going well. It's a wild time. It was, it was good times. Uh, and, and so what happened was I was going to a movie. It was uh, Jurassic World 2. You know, what was that one? The Dominion one or I don't whatever? Think they, they, none of them had numbers. It was just like a different yeah. word for it. So, uh, and like a lot of people, if, if you've never experienced migraines, I, I don't wish that on, on my worst enemy. I mean, it's to the point to where I'm pretty much like uh, l having bodily fluids come out from every orifice on my body. Like I just completely shut down. I can't see my, my vision's gone. Oh my God. Everything from uh, the little bit of light noise just makes my brain just like want to explode. And so I was like, will this LASIK surgery help with that? Before I, we get to the end of this, we Sorry. will see glasses did help okay. whenever I first got that, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a thing I've been battling all my life. My sister has the same problem, but anyway, so I go to this date knowing, Hey, I've got a migraine coming on. And while I'm sitting at the theater, I have to get up close to the screen. Obviously, it's very loud. It's very bright. While I'm with my date, I just can't control it, and I throw up everywhere. Um, oh, I, that was horrible. Was this a oh first God. date? 
Yes. Oh. But I, I at least knew her, and she knew. I mean, if she really likes you after that, she really likes you. Yeah. That, that would be a good way to weed I out. on a day once. The and, contenders from the pretenders is just puke on them on date number one. And if they come back, that you that you know they must be into you. And right? I, I mean, we, I, I didn't get to go on another date. I actually I threw up once on a date, and they never called me again. So continue. Well, I had to see this girl pretty much every day for the next year and a half. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I end up. I, I just tell her, I'm like, listen, I, I'm so sorry. Obviously, you can tell something is wrong. Um, Did you work with her? Uh, we, we went to law school together. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but so she knew she, that it she wasn't knew, her. Yes. It was the condition. And, and so I just, I, I, I leave her there. I'm like, listen, I got to go home. And like, I already knew the drive was going to be bad enough. And that was 10 minutes to my apartment. Uh, I got in a situation. I almost ran over a bunch of old people from church as they were getting out because I couldn't properly see. And so I just vowed to myself, listen, if I'm ever in a situation, I'm not going to try to fight it. I'm just, I'm going to get home and we'll take the meds that I need to and just automatically just pass out go to sleep and not have to worry about it anymore. Uh, obviously the, it, it's still an issue, but I, but when I just you said, wake up from this slumber, the, the pill induced slumber, are, are you past the migraine phase? Like, uh, can you skip through it that way? There's still a little like residual, residual effect okay. from it. Yeah. I mean, when I, whenever I first started getting them when I was in middle school, uh, they would take me to the walk-in clinic and like, give me a shot to just pat, make me pass out. Like, so bottom line, like the, the date was. didn't happen though. Yeah. The date didn't happen, but I did want to at least give you a story as to why I didn't want to risk it. Cause I mean, this was like, again, I said I was gonna have to travel a long well, distance. Let me ask this question to Charlie though, since we have her on Charlie, let's say that you are connecting with a guy, uh, you know, it's some pastime could be whenever could be 2018. Like Davey, you're connecting with a guy on an app or via text or something. And right before the first date, he tells you that he's got a migraine coming on and he can't go on the date. What is your reaction to that? Do you just well, believe all, him or do you like, think he's trying to duck it's out? It's like the it? dog ate my homework, right? It's it it sounds fake, most, right? It's the most bizarre excuse where you're like, okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm it. not sick, but I feel something coming on. Try, to me, I, it's I think like, I, there's the potential that I might have a massive migraine and throw up on you. A bit, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, well, I don't want to eat anything either. And this was obviously at a restaurant. So uh, that was another problem. I, I will ask you this just because like, one thing I do is while I'm on the app, if I'm going to ask somebody like the next step while you're on the app is then to get the phone number and then ask for the date. And so I've concocted a line, I would say that works 19 out of 20 times. Now, is it, now am I being completely truthful Probably not, but I, I do want to get your opinion on this, Charlie. Is it okay to lie to get the phone number? It, by, by saying, the, the line I use pretty much just says, wow, uh, after, I don't know, like three or four texts on the actual app, I'm just like, hey, you know, um, I, I really like how this is going. I can tell you have a personality, which is rare to find on here. Granted, most of the time, I have no idea if they have a personality or not, just based off the short exchange. And they're like, wow, that's so sweet of you to say. I appreciate it. Should I stop doing that in the future? Like, so you're where's lying the line? about saying they have a personality? I mean, based every on good relationship is built on lies is, is what I've learned from the past. Yeah. So what? I, I don't even think you need to lie. I think I would just say, can I have your number? I don't like being on the app. I'd rather just text you or call you. Yeah, but see, if I... I've said that before, and sometimes well, I've been declined. Do you really declined. think it's that line, though, that's getting Here's them the to give you the number? Like, you know, I was really on the fence about giving Davey my number. number. Or it's not. not. Yeah. Like, I, getting someone's number is not like, uh, what's your address? Uh, you would be surprised. Like, <laughs> girls address? like my age, I've, I've learned, have been pretty weird about it. Yeah. Okay, that, well, those are the girls you should probably steer clear of. They're definitely liberals. I also don't think, Davey, if you, if a girl. <laughs> we got to back this up a little bit. If a girl was on the fence about giving you their number, 
they're just giving you their number and talking to you. If you've texted back and forth via the app and they're on the fit, your little uh, compliment about them having a good personality is not going to put them over. Like, they can't be on the fence. It's got to be a, just a, yeah, yeah, you can have my number. That'll be easier for me to see if you try to communicate with me that way. So I don't think that's helping you as much as you think. But you think because you've been denied before without the lying text compliment that you need the lying text compliment, Well, right? we just, I mean, it's, it's just pretty much foolproof once this line gets sent, like I'm getting the number in exchange. Well, it's probably just because you're texting the right girls now. Mm. You've narrowed down your list. Now, this is not a single mom, right? The one you canceled on? No. The single mom? She might still be dead, so. She's the one who backed out on the date with you. I just, I never got, kind of got a confirmation. It was just, uh, she said, hey, just name the time and place. I did that, and then just, boom, she And, Charlie, if you have any questions, you can jump in also. But did the woman respond to your migraine you had coming on (laughs) <laughs> and have you planned another date? Or is uh, it I kind of asked for silent? the postpone. I just kind of got hit with, I hope you have a good summer and good luck with LASIK. Oh. Yeah. That's, it's fine. Like, I'm going yeah. out of town for a week. I like, hope you have a good summer. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's kind like of, something that the yeah. girl that you're into in seventh grade would write in your yearbook when she's not into you. You know, you, you confess your you heart can, to her, and you, she says, hope you have well, a good listen, summer. Like, you know, it's one of those things to where the conversation had been going long. I get it. You get canceled on. You're probably not going to like it. I'm not going to fault her for not being like, yeah, I'm thrilled to, to go back out or try to set something up later on. Well, I think if there is the opportunity later that you say, hey, I I now recovered. Let's do this. And then you show up. And uh, you, I'm already working then, on another. Uh, and then here's what you do. And then you look at her. You don't even enter the restaurant. You like go. You're standing across the room, and you're like, "You, yes, I can see you because I've had LASIK." That's a good line. That's yeah. a good and line. Then she, and then she can't even think that you were lying. I mean, you know what? Whip out the invoice. Be like, "Hey, check out this bill I got from my doctor for performing LASIK on me on January or July. What month? June. Sorry, June twenty seventh. Yeah, I'm still waiting to see if I'm going to uh, put them on full blast. We're currently negotiating a discount. The other thing you can do, Davey, is call the call her back, go on the date, puke on her, mm. and then tell her, see, this is what would have happened had I gone on the date with the migraine before. And again, it's a way to weed out the pretenders from the contenders because if she's still into you after you vomit on her, then you know she's in for life. Yeah, I do feel bad about the one in 2018 because I, I, I guess I but never... you had to see her after that. Well, yeah, but I never fully realized like it, it could have worked if I had wanted it to, but I just, I, I was not in the right headspace. Davey's, Davey's, you, Davey's a player guys. It's, it's really it's not true at all. Trying to get across here. It's not true at all. What you're saying is we can't hate the player, Charlie. We have to hate the game in yep. general. So yep. if it's the game that you hate, that's fine, but don't hate the player who is Davey. And then yep. everything's going to be okay. Davey, what's the one TV show? That if you were to ask one of these women, do you like this show or not? And if they said, I hate it, that would be a deal breaker for you. Like if you're trying to figure out what entertainment someone's in and their personality, what would be the one show you mm. would throw at them? I mean, I, I kind of keep going back to this one, but I understand. We know you don't want to watch it with them because you don't want to be interrupted. Oh, gosh. With any type of Yeah, messing that, that happened with Stranger Things before. I, I mean, if... If they're like into Lost or at least saw Lost, That's I'm like, one. you know what? You actually, you, you've been around. You understand that this show actually was one that 
kind of had everybody captivated whenever before streaming was even a thing. What if they had never heard of Lost? Whew. Do you just? I mean, that was respond? on primetime TV for six years. So if 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 they hadn't heard of that, it could be younger. You know, that could also be an age thing. Yeah, but I mean, I, I typically like for the age range I'm going at, they should know. I mean, I'm typically trying to date within like a four year period of myself. Davey, do us all a favor for the good of the show. Plan another date. Don't get a migraine it's, after LASIK surgery. Go on the date and then come on and tell me and Charlie or whoever about the date so we can talk about an actual Wear date. Wear a body time. cam. Please, yes. Okay. Just for the good of the show. We'll film it. I would love to see vomiting happen, you know, firsthand. It would be it much would, more Yeah, POV. Enjoyable. POV, <laughs> throwing up on my first date, Davey Hudson. Davey, thank you so much. Best, Better luck next time. Don't yeah. get a migraine. Figure it out. And good luck with the LASIK surgery. Again, people, it's not that serious. It's LASIK surgery. I could die on the table. Davey wanted everyone to think it was far more serious than it was when he said, I'm going to have surgery, and then wouldn't go on to say what it was. It's LASIK. Davey, we wish you well. Charlie, really appreciate you the last couple of days. This of has been fun. I'll ask one last time. Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm okay. Everything seems to be uh, trending in the right direction. There's not too many hours left in the day. I think everything should be just fine. We appreciate you. Great work. Look forward to more announcements with what you're going to be up to at OutKick. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, hit that like button. Thanks everyone out there for watching, listening. However you do so, we appreciate you and we especially appreciate very special guest co-host, Charlie Arnault. Jonathan Hutton back with us tomorrow. This is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow.